we've found that anybody who can put together a quality product in a category that doesn't have a premium quality product in it that's USA made, has furthermore a warranty that can be offered on it, will almost always universally sell well. Why? Because there's just no products out there like that anymore. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. We have, we have Corey Zeman, Corey Zeman on today, who's going to give us four ideas. That's what we covered, right? Four ideas for how to create a startup where you don't have to like reinvent the wheel or do anything that seems outrageously um, challenging. Corey makes this really simple, come up with really simple startup ideas that you can apply like pretty instantly. And you're probably already aware of some of these ideas as we get through this conversation um, you'll start having a lot more pop up. I know Travis and I both did. I don't know about you, dude, but like my brain was going. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 These are, these are good ways. Like where you don't have to kind of sit down, reinvent the wheel. These are like, yeah, four creative ways that you can just kind of use ideas that are already around you and just come up with like new startup ideas, um, that are almost guaranteed to be successful. So it's pretty, yeah. yeah so, it's, so, it's it is. So if you want to start your own business, if that's something that you've been wanting to do, but you're struggling with what, this is the episode for you. All right. We'll see you guys inside. I was looking at your bio and uh, you've had some pretty good success with the startups. And so I thought, you know, looking at your notes and what you had incorporated here into the bio, I thought that might be a good place to start. Is that typically what you like, enjoy talking about? It's just like how to create startup ideas and taking things from A to B. Yeah. When I work with my clients, I typically am doing more than pay-per-click advertising with them. I help them strategize the marketing and then you know interweave that with the in with the business because I've also run businesses so myself mm -hmm. so I can also um, do that but I just thought it was interesting just thinking about uh, what people are interested in and what knowledge I have people always want to know like if somebody says they're successful they want to say well how did you do it and then you know I get the uh, ability to hear all these different ideas all the time what works what doesn't work? Because everybody's trying to get their idea, you know, their startups to work uh, with us. And we work with big companies, small companies. And I just get to, I've seen over the years, hundreds of companies, what kind of just is the thing nowadays that kind of works and what doesn't work. And also like different ideas that people can use to just start up a business if they wanted to, which is more, I think more important. A lot of people want to start a business, but they don't know what to start other than the typical ideas. There's a lot of good ideas out there that I see that people could just use, run with it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we see that a lot. And this is actually something that Travis and I have discussed previously. But I'm glad you mentioned that, Corey, because I think, you know, you're right. A lot of people, and, and we can just start rolling with this, by the way. I feel like we're already kind of on a, on a hot topic right now. Um, a lot of people do struggle with coming up with their idea or they have a lot of ideas, but they don't know how to execute it. And so um, to those listening, I want to introduce Corey. Corey Zeman, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Corey Zeman, um, who you are at Guaranteed PPC, but you said you do much more than pay-per-click. So um, Corey, why don't you give yourself a little bit of an intro and tell us kind of what you do and how you got here and how you can help us today? Yeah. Um, I got into doing web marketing and business in 2005. Started out uh, selling auto parts. Um we started out on eBay, then we started uh, doing it through websites. 
And that was with a partner that I met in college. Uh, did that till about 2009. Um, sold off my interest in that company to the partner. And then from there, uh, I got in with, uh, it was a VP of marketing at a, a marketing agency based out of Toronto, Canada. And then from there, I worked at that agency for about three years. Then um, I had the idea of doing a contingency-based marketing firm with um, you know, do, specifically specializing in Google ads, Facebook ads, online advertising in general. And because um, at the previous uh, agency I worked with, I knew um, the common question that everybody always asks is, you know, how, is there a way just with the paid advertising that you guys can kind of get the results with the ads and then we can kind of pay you after you know, we got some momentum with this. Everybody kind of was asking that question. And I, it got asked enough. I was thinking maybe there is a way that that can be done with an agency model. And that's what exactly what I did with Guaranteed PPC. Figured out how to do that. Uh, perfecting the idea of it over the years. Been doing that for uh, eight years now. And that's what I'm still currently doing. That's awesome. So you kind of, you kind of like sort of bootstrapped your way into this position just by learning and applying on your own. People are asking you how you did it, which I think is like you said, the common question people are asking, well, how did you do it? And so you, um, you started off in an environment where you could learn a lot, I guess for the listeners and, and other people who were trying to find that in themselves, we talked earlier about, you know, the concept of ideas and startup ideas and how you can, create a successful one, what in your opinion would be the best way to go about creating an idea for a startup? Because I mean, dude, Travis and I have talked about this. There's people online who teach cats how to use the toilet and make money from it. So like what in your mind, what in your eyes constitutes a strong and successful startup idea? Sure. Well, I kind of try to categorize it into you know several groups of like different things that I see work and what's out there working today. Um, you know, first of all, um, I kind of got this uh, whole idea from Grant Cardone, listening to him, but um, you don't necessarily always also have to come up with a brand new, you know, monumental idea to figure out how to get into business and make money. Uh, you could find a business that already has a good trade, that they do what they do very well, and just come in and, and say that you're going to um, kind of for lack of better words, white label what they're doing. Uh, what we'll have different uh, individuals do at our company is they'll come in and they'll, you're, they'll be doing X, Y, Z. And I'll suggest, you know, ultimately you, you also do this over here, but you're not really focusing on it. And we've already gotten success in that particular area already advertising in that area. We know what kind of people want to see and hear in that area. Why don't you just use what, what we know is effective in that area and you can do the work. And um, ultimately, you could also partner with other people in the area who do that. And um, effectively, because you own the advertising and what is effective to generate customers in that area, you will have a business in and itself because most people in most markets don't know how to get customers, at least when you're talking about like local services. So in other words, um, find an advertising system that works put together a website and then partner with somebody who already has great reviews, does really great work and take, you know, 10, 20% as a, mar a profit margin for yourself. There's so many businesses that you can do that in where you could just start up a website, start up an advertising campaign, and then have somebody else essentially do the, 
the heavy lifting of doing the work and so forth that can do the work that already has a good system and um, you just take essentially take a, a referral fee for you know what service you're providing which is to, to generate the customer and marketing what they've already done that's that's effective so to mm -hmm. say so that's a, a one kind of a general business model that is very effective that i see some people doing but a lot of people don't know or hear about the other really big thing anymore that's almost always universally works is since kind of the 70s everything has been going cheaper 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 and everybody's kind of tired of you know cheap imported chinese goods or just you know cheaper goods in general we've found that anybody who can put together a quality product in a category that doesn't have a premium quality product in it that's usa made has furthermore a warranty that can be offered on it will almost always universally sell well why because there's just no products out there like that anymore particularly if you can have a warranty that that you can attach to it because that right away Way tells people that what you have is quality, and you're willing to stand behind it. And so, have you, doesn't have, have really matter. Have you heard of Origin, the clothing brand Origin? They're like out uh, of no. like Maine. That, no. that just reminded me of uh, that reminded me of this this company. Basically, like they're um, they make like their kind of flagship product is they make like leather boots. Um, but what they found is that the in the market, like all boots were made like terribly or the majority of boots were made terribly and like this the actual skill to make like high quality leather boots was kind of lost like the there there was like these old cobblers in like northern maine and they're eight and like they're like 80 years old that knew how to do this but like the information wasn't really on the internet so they basically like moved their company there they found these guys they brought them in showed them how to make it and they make these like really really high quality like leather boots made in america like they've got a good like back origin story and that company is like crushing it so like that just i thought that was a good example of uh that kind of second you know there's lots of boots you can go buy boots online but these guys are selling them for a lot more and they're killing it but they're like really high quality. They're made in America. They've got a warranty, just, just like you were saying. We found that you can even sell your product for two to three times the average cost of the product in that category, as long as you're offering a premium quality product with a uh, guarantee warranty behind it. Because the people that, you know, as we kind of know in the, US, in the US, the middle class is kind of gone or <laughs> separating. And the people that, you know, have money, they're, kind of going in the general direction where they want quality and, and universally want quality. So they're really seeking that out. And there's just so little available in that general category that in a lot of product categories, you'll just be the only one that does it. So figure out how to make a just a quality product and just pull out all the stops and then offer that you almost universally will have success, particularly if there's nothing in that category that really stands out as the you know, the, let's just say the Apple in that category and should be successful with that. So that's so, another. Yeah. So like, it, like, let's say you're, you're like, oh, I, I don't want to work for somebody. I really want to be an entrepreneur. I want to like create my own company, but I just, I've been, you know, racking my brain for years trying to come up with that idea. I can't think of anything. So like the, there's a, these are, these are some methods that you can use to like find some ideas. So like one could be find somebody who's already doing something, but they don't really have, you know, a on much of like an online uh, marketing presence and you could partner with them, build their, you know, basically build like web traffic and like a marketing, uh, build like a marketing branch of their company, to like bring them, bring in more business. And then number two is look for like, 
niches or products that are only this like cheap stuff. Like there's no like really high quality luxury options and then build one of those in that like marketplace. That yeah. One? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds like a really easy way to come up with things. And, and especially, I mean, when it's, when it comes to it, you're right. I think a lot of people, when they think about starting businesses, they think about what's a new idea. What's the next best thing? What's the next thing going to be? And you know, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, people are reinventing wallets lately has been like the mm -hmm. thing for the past couple of years with different types of wallets or different ways that they can hold things in, 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 you know, be more compact. Like, you don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel. You can take one thing, make it better, offer a warranty, sell it for a higher price and still be successful. Um, now, something that I was interested about is the whole aspect of creating this marketing funnel, um, which is essentially what you've done, Corey. So I'm curious to learn more about this from your perspective. What types of marketing do you see are most effective for, Is is there, a type that's most effective for products versus services versus, you know, other types of businesses that you might create. Um, you know, is it Facebook ads? Is it Google ads? Is it email lists? What are you seeing that is most effective right now? Yeah. Google ads and Facebook ads are both uh, pretty effective. It depends on the market, which one of those seems to be more effective, of course. If you've got kind of a unique offering, Facebook seems to certainly be the, the one that you would go for uh, there most of the time. Uh, just specifically because on Facebook, you can interrupt somebody and say, here, look, look, see how cool this idea is. You can't necessarily do that with Google per se. Whereas if you have something that just has you know built-in demand, there's people regularly needing it, wanting it, then Google is more so your better bet because you can just tap into people that already, of course, um, are looking for that. In that, um, though, with all of that said, the main thing is um, most people that try to market their own things, they, they put minimal effort into it. And so they're, they're just really, in most markets, they're just not very good at showcasing what they have. What they have is really, really good a lot of times. They just don't know how to showcase that. So um, and you don't have to be a marketing genius to do a lot of this stuff. You just got to be willing to put the time and the effort in to think, what does the consumer want to see? If I were you know, buying this, what are all the things that I would want to see before I bought this? And just start writing them down and then figure out how to create a funnel that will convey that information in the most concise package for the user. Uh, because most people in that market won't be willing to go ahead and put the effort in because it is a considerable amount of effort. But the good thing is once you put in that effort and that funnel works, it will generally work for years and years and years after that. So you put the effort in once, you almost basically have a passive income business after that because it pretty much just works. Somebody else is obviously executing the back end. You almost have, I mean, it's, passive income doesn't really exist, but this is about as close as it gets mm -hmm. as far as I've seen in terms of businesses that are truly passive income. Mm -hmm. And for your funnels, what uh, what do you typically use for your funnels? Do you use click funnels, or is there something else that you would recommend? A uh, click funnels is good. Um, I use a lot of uh, a program called Unbounce, which makes a lot. You know, you can make landing pages, as they're called. You know, where you send your traffic to, uh, without needing to be a programmer or anything like that. You can just drag and drop certain things in certain places to, um, you know, give the user experience and convey what you need to convey 
to the user after they click on that ad. But that's our preferred programs. Click, ClickFunnels is good if you have a more complex product where somebody's yeah. going to need to be taken through multiple stages. So in a lot of stuff, what we do, we don't necessarily need that. They need one good page. They see the page, they're convinced, but it, sometimes it takes more than just that. Mm-hmm. I what imagine you- that's a lot more cost effective than ClickFunnels as well. ClickFunnels can be expensive. I mean, to get to get a good to build a good funnel, it can be expensive, is what I found. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty pricey. What have you yeah. found is like a good? Um, what do you use for like like a hook? I guess to like get people That's to the landing page. So basically, for my uh, you know for my simple understanding of funnels, there basically be like some sort of attention grabbing hook. So whether that's like a video that you're seeing on like Instagram or Facebook, or it's, you know, a photo or a client testimonial, or, you know, I don't know, a a blog or something, um, some sort of like hook that then brings them to like a landing page where you have, you know, kind of like your landing page is kind of like your like sales pitch in a way, I guess, um, where they get all the information, hopefully they read it and it convinces them there's like, you know, buy now buttons periodically through it that brings them to like a buy and like a thank you page. That's kind of my understanding of like a funnel. What do you, does that, does that sound like accurate? And what, what type of like hook do you like to use to get people onto that page? I think what a lot of people, when they are trying to attempt to do this, they don't really think about like, what is everything kind of can be boiled down to one, two, three things that the consumers want more than anything else in that market. Sometimes they just want the cheapest price. Sometimes they want the highest quality, you know, or what have you. And then you generally try to use your hook and center that hook around those things. So like in terms of lowest pricing, to give you an example, if you were, um, let's say a mortgage broker, because everybody kind of knows what that is, and you were trying to sell that, um, one hook that we had in that particular market was to say, a guaranteed lowest rate will give you a free steak dinner at the Outback Steakhouse. So when you see that, you're like, wow, because everybody wants the lowest rate on their mortgage. That's basically the main thing they care about for the most part. So what's a a really outstanding, lavish claim that you can make that'll stop somebody in their tracks and say, I've never seen that before. I need to find out more about that. Or uh, something could be as simple as saying, you know, call for special pricing, uh, you know, holiday weekend only. And then it just gets people thinking, hmm, I wonder what that is. I have to find out what that is. So it should, it should get the user thinking one way or another, if you can. But um, ultimately, you know, going back to the quality thing, the warranty thing makes, could be your thing that makes you stand out as well. We have a paint seller who, you know, also the paint and the paint category and for the type of paint they sell is low quality. For him saying 30-year warranty on the paint, it was the one thing that differentiated him from everybody else in that market. And the business is just growing at a crazy rate every year just because of that one little, if you will, hook. So that's not necessarily um, something that gets people you know, a call to action, so to say, to get someone to act immediately. But your value proposition should be able to be boiled down into condensed terms like that so that the user can instantly know why I should buy from you. And then that will generally get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, what is what is your funnel? What's the, what's the hook that you guys use for your funnels? Yeah, um, obviously it's guaranteed PPC. So everybody kind of 
thinks they know what that might be when yeah. they see that. Good name. But, um, you know, uh, generally speaking, it's people that, you know, it doesn't have to be, but a lot of times they're already advertising on Google or Facebook or somewhere online. And maybe the results are plateaued. And then we'll come in and say, hey, you know, I looked at your funnel. Um, ultimately, I think you could do much better. Um, we'll essentially give you the first of our services for free uh, to make you enough profit that, you know, essentially when you pay us, you're already making more than that in profit for yourself. So, in other words, you know, we charge this much per month. I'll make sure you are earning that plus some before I'll even take a, a payment on our side. And therefore, you really don't have any fees to pay us. And then with that, obviously, we're financing your results. So we'll we'll send um, you know an advertisement out in the, in the mail, the direct mail, you know, snail mail, uh, which is something that in marketing, what always works is the stuff nobody else is doing. Nobody else gets a letter in the mail saying what I'm you know mentioning here. So they get it and they're like, whoa, what the heck? I never gotten a mail, a piece of mail like this, and how long? It's got a handwritten. Uh, address on the envelope and there's a real stamp on it and they they actually are going to open it in that case so I can actually get through to the business owner that way so to say and uh, therefore it's a you know it's effective but with that going back to what I was saying before in my time at the marketing agency when I worked there I found out what the most common complaint slash question was that we were getting and then I figured out how to turn that into a service which was the guaranteed PPC and I knew if just saying guaranteed PPC that would that would get people's attention. And then I just from there I figured out, okay, how can we guarantee PPC? What is it? Why is nobody's doing this? How is it going to be possible to do this? And then it's been iterations to figure out how do we get actually do that with it and make it work for our company. But we didn't start with here's a service, how do we sell it? We figured out here's what people want, was change it and figure out how to offer it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. I think that's a, a good way to go about generating ideas uh, for your business. You know, if, like Travis said, if you're just trying to think of an idea for a business, banging your head against the wall, what about this? What about this? What about this? Your question was, how do I help people with X? Um, and that's how you turn into a business. So that's helpful. Um, Travis, did you have something? I forgot what I, I forgot. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I felt like I interrupted you. It's all good. No, no, um, you're good. Yeah. yeah. What um did you have? So those are kind of like two ideas for, you know, coming up with like a startup idea and as well as like some really awesome, like I got a bunch of ideas in my head going of how I can implement those marketing, like, you know, tips for my business. Um, did you have like other, do you have like other, uh, ways of coming up with startup ideas that you you commonly see work? Yeah. I was going to mention another one here. Um, so anything that you can do to make the buying process more, you know, easier, more convenient, you know, for the user, that pretty much is a business idea in and itself all by itself. Uh, to give you an example here, um, just to rattle one off, we had an individual that had um, had started a company. It was a, a laundry company, and everybody kind of makes fun of the ideas. I'm sure you've heard, oh, the Uber, uh, the Uber of plumbing, or whatever. And people kind of make fun of those ideas, but that idea in and itself isn't stupid because it it's in the general direction of how can I we make the buying process easier for somebody. 
And, um, you know, as, as it comes to the, um, the laundry, um, industry or what have you, you know, where if you're not going to do your own laundry and you bring your laundry to the laundromat, if that's you and you want to get it done by somebody else, cause you don't want to fold it or whatever, that process in itself hasn't changed much over the last, you know, hundred years, we'll just say. And it's, it's, um, rife with inefficiencies in that you've got to, you know, put in a lot of effort to do this, um, with technology nowadays and apps and the web, that industry could be changed in that you could make it certainly you could uberify that type of business and therefore make it easier for somebody to buy. And then what we found is people are willing to pay a premium if you can make the buying process just that much or a little bit easier for the user. So what this individual did in the laundry space is, um, you know, normally and already you can get a laundry service where you can go online and you can type in. They'll ask you, for instance, okay, how many suit, you know, coats do you have? Okay, how many, you know, t-shirts do you have? And this is so cumbersome. What this guy did, which was very smart, was he realized, okay, people don't want to do that, right? How can we make this even easier? Okay, let's have an app which basically has a they had a big green button on this app. And when you press the button, somebody shows up at your doorstep to pick up your laundry and they come back within 24 hours when the, when the laundry is all folded and you know done for you. And ultimately, they made it also easier where you don't have to tell them necessarily what you're doing. They give you this flat rate sack, a bag, and it's one fee no matter how much clothes you ram in it or no matter what kind of clothes you ram in it. So, which they were charging uh, roughly like sixty dollars uh, to get that sack filled and then and done for you. But the idea and the premise was, I can literally sit on my couch, press a button, somebody magically appears, picks up all my dirty laundry, and then brings it back the next day, and it tells me exactly where the laundry is at while it's being done. You just made the whole process. I mean, you're not you're not doing anything different. The laundry is still done the same way. You just made it easier for somebody to buy from you. Ultimately, yeah. that, that's the only value add you're providing. But that's a huge value add. That could be done in a lot of different spaces. Just look how the ordering process is done in different spaces. How can we maybe add a subscription uh, element to what you have? Is there no subscription model in that industry? Add one. Um, obviously, that like flat I mentioned, rate too. the app. I like the flat rate too, because then you're even eliminating another decision thing where someone's like, you know, well, is it, you know, no, it's this price every time I can work that into my budget. I know I can either afford that or not, whatever, boom, move on. Like less decisions, less like stress about like, what is something going to be in the future? Like little things yep. like that are huge. Like, yep. yeah, that idea that you just, the laundry idea, I think is awesome. I like, I would totally do that. <laughs> like I would, yeah. I would buy that service. Like that's, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good service. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel cool. like you could apply that to a lot of different things. Like really right off the bat, my brain's going, I'm like, okay, you could apply that to laundry. You could apply it to lawn care. You could apply it to auto washing automobiles and detailing automobiles. You could apply it to a plant watering service, uh, a pet sitting. Like you, there's so many different applications for that one thing. And to add on the subscription model, you can take the same business that someone else is running, make it flat rate, out of subscription, and now it's your own. 
and it can be successful. That's that's a good way to think about it. What, what else? What else we got? I feel like you know, we're starting to roll with some really good <laughs> ideas now. And things. I hope the listeners that are here are like starting to think of things on their own. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just add something onto it. So what else do you see that is working like this? Let's let's do one. If you have one more, let's do one more, and then the, yeah. the episode is going to be four creative ways for coming up with startup ideas. Basically, sick, love <laughs> yeah. it. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wasn't I, for the fourth one. It's, I would just say that a lot of you guys have expertise in, in a certain field. Maybe you have a job. You're an expert, and you know some maybe some scientific field or what have you, and you want to potentially start a new business. Um, the best thing I found for people to, to break into uh, a business in terms of, you you know, you can start e-commerce business. And the one thing that there's a big, big shortage on uh, in terms of e-commerce is professional uh, help that you can get from e-commerce. If you call, for instance, you could go ahead and find the different sellers of products that are related to your field and you can go and call these businesses and you can ask them questions and ask them technical questions first of all they may not even answer the phone if they do answer the phone um you know they may not be able to answer your question because it's not a product expert and um you know people are going to amazon nowadays because it's easier and you can't beat amazon at, at its own game but what does amazon not provide they don't provide technical expertise in the products that you're buying and all those small businesses the brick and mortar businesses have been put out of business by amazon but there's still a thriving kind of sub niche if you will of different niche e-commerce businesses where you can step in and when somebody needs to buy and you need to consult them on the you know making the correct purchase they'll gravitate towards you because you're the only person in the market that's providing that level of so-called service and has the product knowledge to guide people into making the correct purchase. So along with the, you know, you can make your product you know, more, better quality, you could just be the one person that provides um, actual detailed level product, you know, consulting, if you will, uh, to consumers in that particular market, or it could be any market. You could just become an expert in a certain field. You'd just be surprised on how little help that you're gonna get from most companies out there, if you do try to contact them and, and ask them about, well, here's my situation. You know, what is it? This product do I need, or is it this product? You're, the, the the help is lacking. So um, it, it's just another one of those things where you don't necessarily have to have a a, a totally brand new idea. Again, you just got to figure out how to let's find a market that's underserved where customers aren't getting any kind of good advice and let's just be the one person that provides advice to the uh, consumer because you're going to get fantastic reviews and then the reviews are going to speak for you after that and your business is going to grow so it's kind of like instead of like it's just like shifting your mindset a little bit around what coming up with a business idea even is so most people are going to think like well, if I want a business, if I want to start a business I need to come up with a new product but your business idea could be alleviating the the stress and bad experience from even like a saturated product like there might be a product that lots of people sell but to your point there's no technical support and there could be like a percentage of all those clients or customers that are just absolutely fed up like totally fed up with the level of service that they're getting so if you come in your your product really is the service it's not 
uh, it's a barely, you know what I mean? Like that's really like your business idea. Um, because you know, if, if there's so many people on, on earth, if, uh, you know, 5% of those customers are, or 10% of those customers are super fed up, but that's like a hundred thousand people that could be a pretty good business idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You don't have to take over, you don't have to take over the world. And, and those of you listening right now, you probably have in your head when we're talking about those companies that you're just fed up with, you probably just thought of a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, yeah, I'm really fed. I remember that one situation. I remember that one time. I remember when DoorDash didn't get my food to me like four times. Like we all have those in the back of our heads. So as you're coming up with these ideas, think about that kind of thing. What is a a, a difficulty? What's a challenge that you faced that you think you could fix? Sometimes it's not that hard. Things like just delivering food, not that hard. If you can do it better, do it better. So I like that. This was helpful. This was good. This was like a, a quick in and out short four ways uh, that you can create a successful business. And it doesn't have to be that you're reinventing the wheel. So Corey, I really appreciate you coming on and, and helping opening up our minds to the possibilities that are in front of us, rather than us beating our heads against the wall, trying to come up with these ideas. This was really helpful for me. So um, I appreciate you, man. And uh I know our listeners are probably going to want to learn a little bit more about you. So before we take off, why don't you give yourself the plug, man? Where can we find you on the internet, on social media, and what do you have coming up? Yeah, the, you can find me at uh, guaranteedppc.com. That's our um, marketing agency that I run. Uh, but you also can find me on YouTube as well. I have my own YouTube channel, and uh, that's the primary place that I am on via social media that you can find me. Um, so I would just mainly go to one of those two spots. Awesome. And we'll put those links in the show notes for you guys um, as well. So you can, I'm sure that YouTube, YouTube is extremely valuable as was this episode. So again, I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. Yeah. We appreciate you sharing your knowledge and uh, opening up our minds a little bit. Um, So (laughs) thank you again. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in as well to another episode of the struggle to strike podcast. We will see y'all next week.